you are listening to Ideas and Leaders podcast. I'm Elena Paventa, Executive Communication Coach and TEDx Organizer. With each episode, I'll share with you communication tips and ideas from top business leaders to help you excel in your career. Today, our guest is Kieran Harrington, an inspirational entrepreneur. He owns a media company called Going the Ultra Mile. And today we will be speaking about online communication in general. And uh, Kilan is so inspirational. He has amazing sports achievements, amazing stories. So I'm sure that he will share some of this today. Hi, Kilan. So happy to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me on. So Kilan, can you please tell us about your media company, uh, Going the Ultra Mile? What are your main areas of activity? What are you doing? What are your current projects? Yeah. So at the moment, we're very focused on making complex messaging simpler for companies that have no online presence. So these are, they vary from supplement companies to sometimes there's one or two hotels, things like that. Had a very good word to mouth reputation and have a great offline presence. But now, of course, with the way things are in the world, and just particularly because of the rate of technology, transitioning to the 21st century has not been at the top of their priority list. So we help them get online uh, also, it's startup entrepreneurs, you know, people that have been teaching various courses, breath work, workshops, meditation, things like that, that have had great success, again, all offline, and now are looking to take their intellectual property online, but aren't sure how to structure it, lay it out, and find it perhaps overwhelming sometimes, looking at all the different elements and what works for one business might not work for the other, and trying to figure that out, along with being the entrepreneur and trying to do everything at one time we help make that a more streamlined and simple process. This is so important now because myself in 2020, I was moving a lot of things, what I'm doing previously online, because Mm -hmm. we were forced to do this, especially people who are in the coaching business, in the training business, and a lot of things were connected with meetings, with speaking with people face-to-face. Now we had to move online. So this is such an amazing job what you're doing, helping entrepreneurs in uh, moving their businesses online. Uh, Kilan, what is your personal why? Why did you decide to start this business? Oh, my personal why? Well, look, in simple, it came down to realizing I wasn't happy in the position I was in in life. So previous to this, I was a blacksmith by trade. I'd been in and out of the military, things like that. I never really stopped up to ask myself what I wanted out of life. And before I knew it, I was in a routine. I was out of necessity. I had to sustain my essential needs. I had my son to take care of. And I just realized, you know, a year past two, five, and that I wasn't doing anything that I was happy about in terms of how I imagined life would be. So coming, exiting out of my relationship with my son's mother, I had a couple of reflective moments where I stopped and... Yeah, you ask yourself the question, uh, you know, if I don't change now, if the last five years went the way that they went, how are the next five years going to be any different? And somebody said something very powerful to me. They said, show me your friends and I will show you your future. And that really got me thinking. And it wasn't that I had anything against anybody in my life, you know, and if they're happy, which only they know if they are, so be it. But I realized I wasn't happy. So in order for me to get on my path of my own sense of self and achievement and belief and start flourishing and becoming the person 
well, that I didn't even know existed, actually, up until that point. I had to take a big step back and recalibrate everything. And that came with taking some very immediate, dramatic, drastic action to change my environment, which uh, undertook me on a different journey. And by doing that, though, it allowed me to take a step back mentally and receive new things in my life. So my why was recognizing these elements, wanting a different future for my son, and you know, understanding with myself that I hadn't positioned myself to be happy. Wow. And can you tell us also a little bit more about your sports achievements, which are so inspiring? I myself, as a marathon runner, I was amazed by your achievements. So yeah. can you share the, a little bit of this with us? Yeah. Well, I guess this was a part of that fundamental beginning of the journey of transformation. So coming out of the relationship with my ex-partner, I arrived in a place in my life that I was unhappy. I'd made some decisions that, again, you know, when we end up in circumstances as people, we like to blame things, you know, blame ex-partners, blame family, blame, we blame everything else always except taking responsibility. So even though there were things that happened that, you know, were unfair, instead of taking a victim's mentality and sitting in that, I thought, okay, what did I do to get to here as well? So... This took me on a bit of a journey to a place called the French Foreign Legion, which is a military. It's part of the French military. It's for anyone who knows what it is, you know what it is for people that don't Google this. But that was like a coping mechanism. Again, our lives are shaped and molded by our upbringing, our parents, the dominant thinking of our family, friends and society. So we end up in mechanisms and patterns and sometimes we don't recognize them. And I'd always had this attraction to the military for, I don't know, a sense of belonging, being a part of a community. You know, you make things up in your imagination and then when you get there, suddenly it's not the way you imagined. But anyway, so I left the Irish military in 2015 and going to the French Foreign Legion was the only way to get back into a military. So I went over there and I wasn't there that long, but I just realized, okay, hang on a second. What the hell am I doing with my life? You know, this, but it gave me, taking that action gave me a bit of time to get some perspective and clarity over my position in life. I ended up coming back over to Ireland and I had a, my brother who has Down syndrome had to go for heart surgery. He had been for heart surgery 10 years earlier, almost to the day. And here I was 10 years later, back in Ireland, in the hospital and What's unique about this event also is I was in the surgery theater in holding his hand while the surgery was going on because I was keeping him calm because even though he was sedated, his subconscious was reacting and scared and he couldn't lie flat. So I was in there keeping him calm. So after the surgery, I was looking at my life and I said, okay, I'm 10 years further since the last time I was here. Same procedure, same hospital, same doctor. And if anything else, my life has gone backwards. What have I done? I opened my phone and I looked at a YouTube video of Brian Rose from London Real interviewing David Goggins. David Goggins, who's a retired Navy SEAL who did Army Ranger school training, Air Force training, and was a Navy SEAL. And he talked about his past, his childhood. I read his book and it just resonated with me that I went, okay, this is a man that's much further down the path of self-development that I admire. And I understand where he's come from and how did he do it and what can I learn and how can I take the same process? So he talks a lot about running. David explains how running conditioned his mind. He hated running. And anyway, following that example, 
David had this accolade where he ran eight 100 mile ultra ultra races eight weekends in a row, and I just set the target to go and run nine. So. 22nd of April 2019, I decided to do it. The 9th of September 2019, I undertook my first 100-mile run. And I ended up doing seven of these in a row, seven Mondays in a row, where I ran for 22 and a half hours, average, some weekends more. And on week number eight, I put the last two together, and I ran 200 miles, and I ran for 46 hours and 35 minutes. So this whole process... Again, the way I imagined it when I started and how it all transpired were two dramatically different pictures, but I learned a lesson. During the process of doing it, I figured out my why, why I'm here, why I ended up where I ended up in my life, and why I'm going to change it. And the how began to unfold itself along this journey. And the most important thing I can emphasize is that I at least took action, you know, I had people say I couldn't do it. I had people say I didn't do it properly. I got a lot of crap attached to doing this, right? However, as someone said to me, a friend of mine, she works uh, with Tony Robbins, actually, and her daughter is age 11 and has written five best-selling books, okay? Think about that. She's 11. She's written five books, and they're best-selling books. She got complaints for spelling mistakes being in her book, and this was the example that this woman said to me. She said, Keelan, at least you went and you did it. Think of the people that complain about my daughter's books. You know, she's 11. She made a few spelling mistakes. The people complaining, where's their book? Where is it? You know, where are you going to put your energy? You're going to put your energy into making yourself better. You're going to put your energy into bringing someone else down and talking, you know, negative. So again, I did this thing. It didn't, you know, go the way that I would have liked but I learned so much. And what I learned is if you have an idea to do something, act on the idea and do it, no matter how badly it goes, because you learn and you bring it to the next experience. And anybody, anybody, whether it's an entrepreneur or an athlete, anybody that's come from something hard at the beginning and has seen it through to the end, the successful people, or at least, you know, people we consider successful, it's whatever success means to you. But anybody that I have met that I consider successful, they understand that journey. And even though you have the people that say stuff like whatever, or, you know, she's spelling mistakes in her book, those people, they'll never get it. But those other people, Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone, all these people that now we've connected to, they recognize it and they go, oh, hang on a second. I know what it took to do that because I went through that too. So when you do something, commit to doing it, do it with a will, see it through. And don't let anybody put you off. So that was the beginning and the why and the athletic endeavors. And that's opened other doors and there's other stuff going on. But that was the beginning of the journey and the 900 miles of running. This is huge. 900 miles of running. Oh, my God. So congratulations on your achievements. And uh, you're really an inspiration to many now. And you are now helping entrepreneurs to start their own businesses. This is so amazing. What is your recommendation to those who are considering starting their online businesses now? Because now I know a lot of my friends, they want to move their businesses, their coaching businesses online. And uh, what are the first steps we need to take to start going online? Oh, I guess I want to set the context first that 
you know, they, they, that kind of question, it's like asking, what's the one thing I can do to fix a relationship? Well, that depends on the two people involved. And what you do here is different to what you do there. I guess to try and give an answer that's universally applicable, network to people that are in the position that you want to be in. Learn how to communicate. And that's really the first thing. You know, because you can have different business models, you can have different psychological structures, you can have different copywriting, you can have different way of making ads. You can say, oh, Instagram is better because, and then someone else might say YouTube is better because, but all that is irrelevant if you don't know how to communicate and communicate effectively and make it simple and to the point, whether that's putting out your ad or whether that's reaching out to a collaborator or an influencer, being able to communicate and connect to the people that are where you want to be, that's important. Because once you do that, you can then start asking the more in-depth questions. Well, how did you get there? What did you do? What do I have to learn? Where do I go? How do I self-educate? And I guess the second part of that answer is that word self-educate. Self-education is really important. I mean, I've got people that come to me now that have been in big, huge companies, $150 million company for 18 years. And in 35 minutes of talking, they say, you know, I learned more in 35 minutes than I've learned over the last 10 years because you stay stuck in just one way of doing things. Now, that's not to say that that's not bad, but if you don't move with the times, you get left behind. So that's self-education. You don't learn it. Like people that I now work with, uh, global marketing strategists that have done marketing for Gordon Ramsay, Dell, DHL, Aon, you know, just to name a few. You know, they got their education back in 1995. Do you think the world is the same in 90, now as it was in 1995? No. That piece of paper is about as useful as the Neanderthal right now, you know, because the world has changed so much. So that self-education is hugely important. You know, what you're learning now, likely if you start a college degree now in business, so to speak, I'm being a little bit very broad with my statement, but it's likely obsolete in four years. You know, how social media works, what, what's working web pages now. I mean, that's changed dramatically over the last five years and will continue to change probably every six months, never mind every year. So and the point is self-educate yourself. Stay on top of your game. Know where your customers and what the mindset, the psychographic and the demographic of people are going to be. Think of six months ahead, you know? And again, before you can even start doing that, you need to put yourself in order how you manage yourself, your mindset, your time, your schedule. Get really ahead of yourself by six or 12 months. Try as best as you can to get it down to within every five minutes of your working day. Now, I know people hear that and then they say, ah, nobody does that. I'm telling you, they do. They really do. Success leaves clues. You know, bluntly put, if you're not in the same place, if not more than the person you're criticizing, how has your process worked? And if you're not there, forget your process. Keep it to yourself. If somebody else is telling you they do this, you know, whether you believe it or not, at least go and try it. I used to think that nobody does that. You know, I was skeptical, but I really started doing it. And I'm not saying you do it straight away, but start with steps. Start with saying, I know every day I need to do this on social media. You know, then I need to do that. Then you need to, I don't know, collect your kids, whatever it is. Just start putting down the the start of it, you know, put it down your calendar and your phone. So suddenly the first month that you start, you've kind of got hourly blocks, but then you get into a routine and then you start to notice, you know what? 
I said that Mondays I go to the bank at 10 o'clock and I have an hour made out for that. Suddenly you start to realize consistently I'm back in my door 25 past 10. So that's really only 25 minutes. And then you can start breaking it down. Then you know it's 25 minutes and you can bring it in on the calendar. Then you can say, okay, I'm on a call now at 10.45. And then you start micro-niching in the time. So in six months, you end up looking at it as every five-minute blocks. And if you put that timer on your phone or wherever, that beeps every five minutes, even if it's just a beep, it just gives you a reminder. Uh-oh, I'm, uh, that's the second beep. I'm 10 minutes here and I'm looking at YouTube. I need to start moving. So managing your time, putting yourself in order is a very good beginning. And then reaching out to the people that are in the position you want to be in. Because once you have yourself organized and then you reach out to those people, at least they can see you might not be all the way there, but you're making the attempt to structure yourself. So you're more likely to get the investment of their time where you can then continue self-educating yourself and moving yourself forward. This is amazing advice, actually, because time management, when we are acting in the online world is very important because in the online we have all the social media we have all the online entertainment and this tip of having every five minutes a beep in your phone is a very good one i will try to do this myself it's uh, it's like having a think of it as like having your mother or your father on your shoulder just to keep you in line you know just just reminding you you know beep Oh, oh yeah, I need to do this or not waste time. Um, so, so that's, I find it helpful, you know? Yeah, this is important. This uh, accountability, having someone or, or something telling you, okay, this is next point, next point, next five minutes. This is great. So if we decide to go online, to start selling our services or products mm-hmm. online, let's say we managed our time, we put down the plan, we are building up our network with people who are experts in this field. So what is the next step? What do you recommend about the equipment we need to go online or software we need or social media we need to be in? So what are what is the basic set not to be overwhelmed with everything which is going on online but uh, what is the must-have in your opinion yeah a telephone that's it end of story right everything else is procrastination in disguise i know people and they're still waiting for their 4k camera and their green screen to start a podcast and it's been four years and you know what they're still stuck in the same place talking the same stories saying someday i will or then it goes too far and they stay talking about the one thing they did 10 years ago. That's their success story. So you don't need a lot. Every camera phone these days is like a multi wizard tool computer. You can click podcast, you can make videos, you can get on the internet and you can set up your social media or your YouTube account. That's your stars. Everything else, you know, reading this book, going to that course, going to that course do these things as tools to assist upskilling you over time, but start. If you're not embarrassed by the first things you've ever produced online, you waited too long, you know? Just get it done, get it out there, because even though some person, some lovely person, you know, John1234 on YouTube is going to drop a comment going, oh, your speaker's crap. Where's John's YouTube channel? You know, where's John's podcast? You know, so take action and get it started. Everything you have is on a phone. You can do it. 
you know. And then once you get it started and you get it rolling and you start having a platform that when you are reaching out to people, they can see, well, at least you've started. And then they can tell you, yeah, get a Rode microphone or, you know, get an audio filter or get this software. That's down the road. If you've got nothing to apply it to, it's like me buying you a black belt and just giving it to you in the post. It doesn't mean you've studied the classes and can defend yourself. So, you know, and I think it's the wrong mindset. And a lot of people live in this world of physical appearances of I must look and do a certain way. Look, there's an old expression in English, a good tradesman never blames his tools. The quality of the job is reflected in the skill of the tradesman. Yeah, then if you're talking about going from a grade B standard to an A+, then you can have better tools. But if you never get started and you don't get it done, it's never going to happen. So get it done, take action, take out that phone, click go. If you look at all of my stuff, all of my vlogs, they're all done on the phone, you know, and they don't have a gimbal with a light, you know, that you can guess because it really doesn't matter. People aren't interested in how you deliver something. They're interested in what you deliver and does it benefit them, you know. The most luxurious item you see me use in my vlogs is this, a simple selfie stick holder. That, that, that's this, you know. And to be honest, that's just if I'm after doing a shoulder workout in the gym and my arms are so tired, I find it difficult to hold my phone if I'm doing a long vlog. I'm like, ah, this is a bit easier. That's it. Everything else is just done off the cuff. So that's your starting point. And again, test out your business idea. You know, look at what's, what's known to me as the market opportunity map. You know, have a look. Have you a product? Is it offline? Is it online? Where can you test it? Are there books written on it? What are the reviews? You know, if there is competition in your idea and product is to get online, that's actually great. That means there's a market for us. What problem is it having? Is there something new you can bring into it? Can you solve a problem in that same market that nobody else can? And then you can kind of go from there to say, oh, I have something that is a business that's worthwhile pursuing. And you know what? It cost me nothing except this phone to get it all started that I had anyway. So you're testing out the market and you're seeing if it's viable before you ever go down the road of 4K cameras and green screens. And then suddenly you realize, oh, nobody's interested in my podcast. It's exclusively about black pens. You know, it's like figure it out first and then go spend the money on it and make it better afterwards. Yeah, yeah. So we only need our phone, a selfie stick maybe, <laughs> and that's it. Well, you, you do also have different starting points. I mean, I am speaking about somebody that is starting from the ground up, that's transitioning from um, a public service job or a tradesman or, you know, I, I'm talking about somebody that's stuck in a circumstance, can't see the way to get something new started, feels overwhelmed, is suffering that, you know, paralysis by analysis, you know, and they don't know where to start. Obviously, if you're earning a six-figure income and you're a doctor or you're a lawyer or something like that, you can transition more responsibly and you can afford to hire people and you can afford to make perhaps faster gains because you can outsource and resource and do it all a bit differently. But again, you could have that be the best produced with the best equipment, but if your idea is crap, it's still going to go nowhere. The person with the camera is going to get further than, than you. But what I'm saying is I'm talking about getting somebody from ground zero to running in the most efficient way possible, transitioning from that one life to the other responsibly 
working with little to no means of finances and tools so that they can do it the most. I guess um, it's scary enough and do it the safest way possible to take that scary step and test it all out. Yeah, yeah. So if we test our product, our service, our target audience, we know what Mm -hmm. we want to do, we start it, we made the first step. So what do you recommend? Where do you recommend to start? Which uh, social media platforms to communicate our services? What are the do's and don'ts for the beginners? What advice would you give them? (laughs) Okay, so first of all, what you think as the entrepreneur might be the best place and audience and stuff is not necessarily how it's going to be in reality. So again, the basics are, if it's more business orientated, it's probably LinkedIn. You know, Instagram is very quick, rewarding. It's more fast delivery of content. Facebook, you can have more longer form posts, podcast discussions, YouTube, if it's more visual, Facebook and YouTube working together for the likes of video podcasts, which is what I do. So you got to figure out a little bit where your audience lies. And, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can test this. Facebook, you could go, you could go run an ad and you could look at all the different audience targets and demographics and check how many people are in that niche. You know, as you start filling, getting to know your audience persona, the more you know about the audience, the more you figure that out, the more you can fill that into the different social media channels. And if you're looking at running ads, you can, you don't actually have to run the ad, but you can use the audience targeting mechanism to see is that audience there to begin with. So that's a very simple thing you could do just to see, oh, how many how many women aged 33 to 38 who like the book, The Secrets, and are interested in crocheting have a problem of being a stay-at-home full-time mom but want to actually have a business. You know, you can plug that information in and you can get an idea. You know, if it's above 20,000 and under 200,000 people, well, then, you know, that's a decent audience that you can probably micro-niche into and deliver a solution to that problem. You know, if it's five people suddenly, globally, worldwide, well, okay, maybe you need to review the idea. So there are just some of the tools and techniques. Um, After that, it's about being a little bit more developed as a product and a company and then learning how to run the likes of your ads to be able to add genuine value. You know, everybody's running an ad. Everybody's seeing a course being sold. To be honest about this, you know, it drives people crazy now. So you want to be able to know that you're adding value back into the world by the demand of the problem, the pent-up demand, and the fact that you know you can deliver the solution. Only you know that as an individual. And then if you can, you can create your ad around that, put it in front of people, you know, put your posts out and set your social media up in a way that only the people who are interested in you and that you can offer that solution to are going to have a look at you and everyone else thinks you're a entrepreneur and doesn't want to look at your crap are going to skip over it. And at least you're staying in the audience zone of delivering value to people. Yeah. Thanks a lot for this advice. Uh, What about the visual communication? I noticed that some time ago, it was all the video courses. They were very fancy and recorded with professional cameras. And now it is moving a little bit more into what you said, phone with a selfie stick, and that's mm-hmm. it. So do you see what is the trend now and what do we need to do to look good visually in our social media to promote our businesses? Yeah, okay. That question is like asking how long is a piece of string? Um I guess some very simple things. Yes, it it tends to be more effective to do the likes of personal vlogging in an ad style rather than an ad production. Again, 
if you look at infomercials from the 80s and 90s, you will see from then until now, there has been different peaks and trends of that personal vlog style of filming to commercial corporate style of filming. These come in and out of trend. It's like hairstyles, you know? So you just got to follow what's in at the time. You know, who are the names? Who are your competitors in your specific sphere? And how are they doing it? You know, again, success leaves clues. If they're not showing their face and they're just using all stock images and it looks all whatever, well, look, you might not agree with it, but if they're doing that and they've been doing it for six months and all their ads are like that, well, then that's obviously what's working. And again, if you get into it, and you understand how to follow the analytics and use your software to figure out where your audience is and how to know what's effective and what's not, you'll know if that's working or not when you emulate it and do it. If you see them all doing personal vlogs and it's more that interactive style, well, then success leaves clues. Have a look, see if that's working. Then after that, it's just about having a certain level of production skills and mentality, you know, knowing whether you're going to frame yourself center to frame, two thirds, one third landscape, or, you know, vertical. Um, are you standing out in the wind? Can people hear you? Can they not? What's your background? Like, again, these things you can start looking at more in depth with ad production. But instead of focusing, a lot of people focus on that before they ever make the stars. Don't forget, you know. So it's like looking at running your marathon and you haven't even strapped on your runners and gone for a walk. So, and it's not a rule of thumb across the board. You know, you got different products that require sometimes a different style of filming. You know, if your ad revolves around creative art for children, well, look, that's going to be a lot better that they see you doing that with the children. Okay. And you're not going to be doing that, holding your phone or trying to draw. So that's more, you've got a team and you're doing it and you're putting different things together. So it's hard to say one rule across the board. Again, look at your competitors, look at what they're doing. Look at, you know, once you start looking at that, you'll get targeted on Facebook and YouTube and Google ads, and you'll start seeing all these ads pop up on your feed anyway, because you're looking at your competitors. Well, just analyze this, you know, create like a, a war room, put it all around you, what your the whole teardown of operations of your competitors. What language do they use? How do they present themselves? Why did that style work? Look at their posts and go, wow, that only got six likes and that only got three likes, but they've got 5,000 people on their page. Oh, it's because they bought their likes, you know? And these are 5,000 people from Uganda and India, hypothetically, I don't know. And I'm trying to sell a product in London. Well, what the hell good did that do? Their rate of engagement is too low. Oh, you know what I'm going to learn? Don't buy my likes. You know, build it organically. Get my customers where they are. You know, simple stuff like that. But again, it's not any one thing. I'm giving snippets of like a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle. And I've only just told you two pieces. It comes back to the opening statement where I said, find someone that's where you want to be and either partner up with them, uh, get mentored by them. I mean, people have this aversion to mentorships and courses because look, there's a lot of them happening and you've got a lot of the whole digital course scam kind of mentality, but that's not for, you know, not everybody is that way. You know, again, find the people that are where you want to be. And if they have written a book, for example, on your first 100 million, look, don't gamble more than you can afford to lose. If you can afford to spend 50 bucks to buy a book or 20 bucks or whatever it is, buy the book and read it. You know, generally from all these things, you will learn something that you can take away. And if you do these often, you'll get a piece from here and another piece from over there. You put it together and you start to learn. But if you sit in the place of skepticism and you sit from the place of 
yeah, well, you know, maybe that mentality. Oh, cool. Good for you. But 10 years later, you're still in that same place. Yeah. So who are your personal mentors, Kilan? You mentioned that you were inspired by David Goggins. And who did you reach out to when you were building your network? And maybe oh. you're still working with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I've connected with a lot of people, um, some of which prefer to remain private, but some of which I can name, like Brian Rose of London Real. You know, I developed a relationship there. Uh, Brian was a Wall Street banker that set up his podcast. And again, you know, you even look at that. He's gone through a lot of stuff online of late where people are giving out about him and so on and so forth and all the freedom of speech and the digital freedom platform. But again, you know, I look at Brian and I go, you know what? He started something and he's, he did something and he took action. And if it wasn't for the likes of my connection with him, I wouldn't be where I am. He dramatically changed the course of my life and taught me skills and tools and techniques that allowed me to take my intellectual property and ramp it up a hundred times and go to a completely different place. If I would have sat down and looked at the likes of him with that skeptical, hmm, I don't know, maybe he's trying to sell me something. Oh, look at the comments on YouTube. They're saying he did this. Well, there's another expression, misery loves company. And I would probably be living that expression. So, you know, I'm grateful for that. And likes of Brian, oh man, I connected to, I mean, I've got a, a woman, well, I, I can say her name. Her name is Laura Herbert. She, her daughter has done talks on stage with Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone. And by getting to know Laura, I've signed my book deal. I'm writing a trilogy of books, you know, and I've got connections to Grant and Tony. And, you know, again, being in that world, raising your standards, raising your expectations, you ramp up your game. Even just being around these people or being in the same sphere as them, you suddenly realize I can't be messing around. You know, I need to get this done. So I look at all these people, even David Goggins, you know, um, someone I connected with. He is an ex-SAS British Special Forces, an officer. And uh, he was David Chaperone in London when David was over in London and they connected. And, uh, you know, I got my connection through this man to, to David and getting to know some more stuff behind the scenes. So, again, it's not necessarily about talking to these people 24-7 on the phone but just being around them from time to time and being friends of their friends and, and other people or students that they've had, it just raises your standard, you know, and then you connect with someone like yourself and you have a talk. Uh, and like I was talking to a woman a couple of weeks ago and she was like, yeah, would you like to come and do a talk? Uh, it's an online event, but it's going to be between the motivational speaker, Les Brown. And I think Grant Cardone, I think I'm on in between that slot, do you know? And again, had I not started trying to be around the people that are in places that I wanted to be, I wouldn't have made those connections. Those opportunities wouldn't come up. So there's a lot of people that I really admire. Jordan Peterson, the clinical psychologist, David Goggins, obviously, Jocko Willink, Brian Rose, you know, just to name a few. But there's a significant amount of people that I have learned from, like that girl, Tegan Helen, who's 11 years old and has written five best-selling books. You know, that's been an inspiration of mine as well, because I see her being able to deal with haters and getting out of her comfort zone and turning into like a badge of bravery and excelling. And, and there's quite a plethora of people behind the scenes like that that I've met whom are not particularly prevalent online or well known, but they're CEOs of insurance companies or wellness retreats. And again, I've learned a huge amount from them. So never, ever stop trying to 
climb up the ladder of the people that are in the sphere you want to be in. And as I say, and it's important to say this, success, I don't mean, by the way, by celebrity status or financial positioning. Success is the measure of the individual and what is important to them, you know? But the one thing I've learned by looking at all these people from Bill Gates to Warren Buffett to Martin Luther King to Sadhguru to President Trump, I mean, whatever you think about personal things and politics and all that stuff aside, the one thing that you can take from any one of those people, and they live in very different worlds, by the way, they all work damn hard, you know, irrelevant of what you think of them as people, you know, it didn't knock on their door. No man in a white horse showed up to go, oh, I'm giving this to you to make it easy. No, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it, yeah. you know, and the fact that they are where they are, irrelevant of your personal feelings about those people and that's a whole other conversation they made it happen and that applies to you as an individual or me in my case you know you can have a whole series of things that have happened the way they've happened maybe you've been hard done by maybe you have been dealt a very bad hand in life that does happen not everybody has it the same stars but you have the power of choice to decide what the outcome of this is going to be and that is your choice and the first step is recognizing that it's a hard road, but it's one well worth taking, in my opinion. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Kilan, summing up, what are your main tips for our listeners, for those who are already in the online business or who want to start doing online communication more intensively? What are the basic tips? What should we do or not do? Hire media company called Going the Ultramont. No. Um, all jokes aside, do look at marketing. Understand marketing. Because again, you can have the slickest ad in the world. But if you don't know, if it doesn't speak to your audience and you don't know where your audience is, it's like shooting a gun in the dark. You know, the power of understanding marketing and hiring either a marketing company or a marketing consultant, but that's really understand your market. And I know that sounds abstract, but because there's so many things in that that you could go into, you know, understanding does your business have a message that talks about the why, the what, and the how in a very clear way that speaks to that audience, do you know? Or does your business look like a schizophrenic that can't make up its mind about what it's meant to be. So when someone lands on your page, it's just like rubber and they skip off it. Again, that comes down to marketing and knowing how to link your web page and your social media and having that messaging very simple and to the point, but also in line. So developing your brand as well, you know, and having the messaging of your brand sit under an umbrella because a lot of companies end up having different offerings. So like mine, for example, it's got a podcast. It's got an online academy. It's got a media and communication service aspect. I'm also writing a trilogy of books, and I'm also continuing my athletic endeavors by breaking the Guinness World Records in a collaboration with the Hoff Method. So it's like they're very different things. But because I know the brand message of my company, it's called Going the Ultra Mile, but it's right by your side, helping conquer the impossible in life and in business. So that's the umbrella message that all these things sit under. So we're right by your side in communications, in startup entrepreneurs, you know, somebody turns on and goes, oh, Keelan, I can't do a podcast and talk in front of people. 
it seems impossible. Well, I think it's impossible to break the Guinness World Record for the longest time submerged in ice. But hey, I'm still talking. I'm not just talking to talk. I'm walking it. I'm going to go do this. You got this. You can do that. You know, so it's understanding what your company's delivering, who it's delivering it to, and how you're delivering that message. You know, the why, the what, and the how. They're very important to get right. After that, it's like a plant. It's going to grow. It's going to need pruning, trimming, watering. You know, it's going to adapt to different circumstances. But putting your time into understanding its marketing is hugely important. Knowing what your company is about is the foundation. And then marketing is the framework that allows you to build on top of that. Great. Thank you so much. They say that it seems impossible until it's done. So everything you say and everything you do and all your athletic achievements and business achievements, they really show and demonstrate that it is really possible to do anything. So thank you very much for the inspiration. Uh, so Kilan, where can we find you if we want to contact you or to use the services of your media company? How can we contact you? Yeah, well, just to finish what you were saying, uh, finish off on that, the impossibility. There's never an easy time to make a hard decision, you know, it's never. It's like having a child. You might never find it perfect, but then once you have a baby, you figure it out and it works. Same with starting, making yeah. the first step. Just do it. Take action, do it. Stop putting it off. And as for finding me, going the ultra mile. If you Google it, it's on all social media platforms. Going the ultramile.net will take you to the webpage uh, or even typing my name into Google, Keelan Harrington. It'll bring you all to the same platforms. So again, rule number one, complex messaging made simple. It's one, word, it's one name across all platforms. Great, great. Thank you very much for the interview and uh, for the very nice conversation, for your tips, Keelan. It was a great pleasure having you. Yeah, and thank you so much for having me on and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for listening to Ideas and Leaders podcast. Did you enjoy this episode? Let me know that you listened by tagging me in your LinkedIn profile and using a hashtag Ideas and Leaders. See you in the next episode.